I like the idea of like the burden to get through because mm. I was thinking of it as like a level up. Yeah. Like you level up as a human when, despite your differences, yeah. like you can coexist. Yeah, bro. Hey everyone, welcome to this week's episode of Please Blow My Mind with me, Will Fleming. Whew. Busy, busy, busy. Um, Want to stick on the word busy for a minute. I feel like uh, we have this weirdness with the word busy. Like there's a certain amount of leverage that you have when you say I'm busy. For me, I've been trying to define, well, what busy is in a, in a kind of good busy and a bad busy uh, I'd say at the moment I'm good busy so the definition for good busy for me is many things that I don't hate <laughs> I I try and refrain from saying things I love I, I reserve that for kind of family uh, but I quite often say things I don't hate you know um, I don't know where I heard it but this idea of uh, it's not easy to know what you want to do, but it's easier to know what you don't want to do. So, yeah, busy. Trying to, uh, like last night I was, um, for those who don't know and for those who are new to the podcast, welcome. Uh, I was I was battling to get through my burpees. I've been, I've been doing this 100-day 100 burpee challenge. I think I'm in the 70s, day 70-something. And... Last night was tough. I, I, you know, I, I guess I'm also um, exploring as I get into the, the higher days of the hundred days, you know, the eating side, so that I can work on, you know, maybe, um, let's say the last seventy something days have been uh, building my internal strength, and now I'm okay with, with being strong enough on the inside that externally I want to. You know, maybe it's what we would, maybe it's what we put uh, all of today's focus on is the external, the shell, the the outer body, and and I've reframed from worrying about the external body for the whole time until I felt like the internal body was strong enough to to you know like inside out type thing um again it's one of those weird things we always talk about <laughs> you know look within love yourself on the inside but no one really puts that into practical terms and for me i took it super practical you know build the inti- build the internal structure the the strength you know the core strength to to pull your legs back in when you flick them out doing 100 burpees a day anyway I am now kind of focusing uh, as well as continuing to build the the internal uh, but the external and what that means so I've kind of uh, been exploring these diets uh, a little bit restrictive uh, the current one I'm doing is a one hour eating window per day and it's I call it the happy hour so I can eat whatever I want but I can only eat it for an hour and so far that seems to be working but this is this is the this is where things get real uh, on the 100 day 100 burpee challenge at day 85 so only 10 or so days away I will be eating potatoes only <laughs> for the last 15 days of the podcast uh the best thing I can do when people say, why the hell are you doing that, is to listen to Penn Jillette's podcast. So Penn Jillette from Penn & Teller did an awesome podcast with 
Tim Ferriss. Uh, if you just Google Penn Jillette potato diet, he breaks down exactly why he did that. But it's something about um, restricting your body to one food, resets the clock, um, resets taste buds, resets how you interact with food. Uh, I think they talk about the psychological kind of, and we know that, right, the psychological, uh, not addiction, but relationship that we have with food. So... Yeah, what am I hoping? I'm hoping that I'm, you know, I've said it before, mentally strong, physically strong, and and those incorporate all of these things, like me finding a space in nature in the morning to do this podcast intro, uh, me finding time with this week's guest to do burpees before our podcast. It all matters. It all goes towards the bank. You know, the inside bank where we keep everything, where we keep our loans, our mortgages, you know, uh, uh, and, and our savings. And and I just like really fascinated with the idea of, you know, that's living and trying to... Um, well, one thing that Penn Gillette did say in the podcast with Tim Ferriss is he doesn't admire people who do moderation. And that kind of hit me because, you know, we think about, let's say, mental health or uh, physical health. Um, moderation, that you need to learn the boundaries and how much to take. And, and he said, you know, Penn said, no one brags about climbing up a steep driveway, but everyone brags about climbing Everest and I think what I took out of that is we must by default we must enjoy hard things and I thought about it and I thought just because you want physical and mental health does not mean it's going to be easy does not mean that you're not going to have to work your butt off does not mean that you're going to have to push to get it and so that's been my approach which is which I knew that right from the 100 day idea speaking to Albie Robeck who you know stood in front of a boxing bag for 60 hours speaking to Gareth Edwards who flipped a tire for 24 hours and is now he'll come back on the podcast but Gareth Edwards is now going to flip a tire for 60 hours so way more on that to come I'm actually going to help him film some videos and do some cool stuff there nothing in life is easy and people have told us that yet we somehow have to fit in moderation so I don't quite know what this all means but if I say to myself man to have to be mentally and physically strong is hard and you're gonna have to work that's way easier than someone saying to me you know incorporate these five steps into your life you know I think when I'm doing the burpees I know it's hard and I get a certain buzz out of that. And I think when I'm going to be doing the potatoes and when I'm doing the current one-hour eating window, man, it's hard. My tummy's grumbling. Okay, that's enough about me. Those are the updates. Good busy. Uh, restrictive eating. <laughs> and battling to get my 100 burpees. Probably didn't have enough calories yesterday. Or just burning the candle at both ends. But, you know, at least it's doing things I don't hate. Andy Crow joins me on the podcast, joins us on the podcast today for a, a fun conversation. We caught up together and we did some burpees. We cranked out 100 and it was awesome. We cranked out 100, then we set up the gear, it started raining, you know, all of that stuff. And then we sat down 
and we had an awesome podcast, um, super deep podcast about all range of topics. I've been trying to go through the podcast and kind of isolate exactly what we're talking about. And I tell you, we must have in one conversation about 200 mini conversations. And that's awesome. That's awesome that we get to explore our stream of consciousness. So Andy Crow, really good man and someone to watch um, someone to follow and someone to engage with these are positive people doing positive things and not that that's the only milestone to reach positivity but again we just throw this word around like be positive as if it's even possible to be the true the true burden of possibility when you're being positive wow Okay, team, I've gone too deep. As per usual, must be this beautiful uh, scenery and the birds behind me and nature. It's all blowing my mind. Thank you all for joining me on the podcast. If you're new, thank you so much. If you're just part of the furniture around here, thank you so much as well. As I say every week, thank you all for blowing my mind. Welcome to Please Blow My Mind with me, Will Fleming. Please blow my mind. Whoa. That's the goal, brother. Get joy in your lives yeah. every day. I'm just simply looking to be 1% better every day. I get it, man. We're together on that. That is yeah. mind-blowing. We've got a work cut out for us. It's the thing that inspires me to continue on. Everything happens, and then we find a reason. You just went deep. Because um, I listened to... Like quite a few of the other ones. Are we going? I don't know if we're going. We're going. Okay, we're going. But I listened to like some of the podcasts, especially. No, I think it must have been because have you released a podcast this year? Yep. So it might have been the ones before this year. So like September, to right, December, right, like gotcha. three or four. Yeah. And I just kept being like struck by, you know, let's say it's Gareth's one. Yeah. Um. Oh man, I forget the other people's name because yeah. I see Gareth on on Insta. <laughs> yeah. Um. I'm like, oh, he said that thing. Like, it'd be cool to like deep dive back into that. Yeah. So I wonder if you had seasons and there was like a wrap up episode. Right. And then I'd have like snippets and go, mm. oh, do you remember when? Yeah. You know, yeah. Or like a review show. Yeah. Yeah. I even think maybe like almost like a reverse one because you always ask people like, especially in the Gareth one, that struck me. Yeah. And I think it was the um, was it the punching bag one? Uh, Albie. Albie, yeah. Yeah, yeah, and you and you asked the question, like, what happened after? Yeah. You know, and part yeah. of your intros is that as well? Yeah. So I think for me, an interesting question for you was, um, like, how many episodes have you done now? Uh, you will be somewhere in the high 80s. Wow. Yeah. So, like, what's the, I don't know if there's, like, a cutoff, but just, like, what's the... Um, the spin-off what's been the spin-off for you yeah you know from from talking to like heaps of people 80 people yeah morning good morning um okay so that's a that's a that's a deep one to start with lucky we've done 100 <laughs> burpees to warm up so the i guess the main spin-off that i have seen is <clears throat> I'll try and articulate this. It's like the similarities rather than the differences. Yeah. And it's made me think about the differences as the similarities, you know? Like, we don't like a, the idea of a world of conformity, you know, 1984 or, you know, North Korea, where everyone has to toe the line. That yeah. seems to be like in our deep down humanity, somewhere we all share, you know, where it's like, don't tell me what to do. 
even though we act like we do want to be told what to do, you know, we're highly susceptible to marketing and we love outsourcing everything. (laughs) But in our conscious mind, we're like, don't tell me what to do. So what's interesting is seeing how, you know, let's say, for example, someone's um, a believer in an afterlife and someone is not. And in this society, in our current world, it's like those can't be, they're like carnivore eaters and vegans. Yeah. But what I've started to realize is there's way more similarities in, say, a carnivore diet and a vegan diet because you don't eat most things, you know? (laughs) And, okay, the kicker is the things you do eat are separate apart, but each cares deeply what goes in their body. And I think there's a space which I've been learning, which is to try and find those similarities particularly through the difference and it, it, it's kind of put into context because sometimes I sit down and I'm like why are we all so different yeah. why surely if it was about harmony we would be exactly, exactly the same therefore having less reason to find conflict but we're not no. we're, we have like all these different languages we have different skin tones we have different heights different weights And it's like, for me, it's both. It's like the most amazing evolution or the most amazing grand plan because that's how you would do it. You would make everyone different to constantly, as a reminder. It's the difference that's the beauty. And you've just got to, almost like what we were doing this morning with the burpees, it's the burden you've got to get through. If you acknowledge the difference, then you can move straight to the similarity. Yeah. I was, as soon as like, because especially like the, I like the idea of like the burden to get through. Because mm. I was thinking of it as like a level up. Yeah. Like you level up as a human when, despite your differences, yeah. like you can coexist. Yeah, bro. Do you know what I mean? Like, yeah. and I mean I've heard like a few people talk about, you know, whether you're like a musician or a sports person or whatever, mm. like the. The performance is the same. Yeah. The pursuit of performance is the same. Mm. Um, I forget who talked. It might be like a Tim Ferriss, like conversation with someone. Mm. You know where, yeah, he's talking to an author, but then it relates to the sports as well or yep. drama. I think it's Dave Ehrlich who talks to, um, and he goes hard out into the performance of drumming and the mechanics of it. Mm. And there's just a relatable aspect if you're trying to run faster, trying to lift more, yeah, trying to write better, trying yeah. to you know, um. And almost like, yeah, like you said, like I think like our, maybe there's a point where our base pursuit, you know, is trying to be heroes of our own journey. Yeah. Like we also guides for others. Yeah, bro. And we and that's where, you know, so if we're all trying to be heroes all the time. Yeah. Conflict. Yeah. But if we, like, you know, we have to pursue our own thing, our own meaning, our own purpose. Um. But then also go, oh man, I recognize, mm. I recognize that pursuit you're trying to do. Mm. Um, mine's mine's in this lane, and I and obviously yours is in that lane. Yeah. But I recognize that pursuit. Yes, yes. And so I I can like respect that. Yeah, yeah. You know, so um, man, I don't know where that all came from. No, but well, yeah. well, it came from deep within, <laughs> because that's where all of the stuff comes from, and so it should. You yeah. know, you know, it's like that question: Why are we conscious? <laughs> and it's not an easy one to solve because it is weird that we can kind of self like when we say i had a good day who are we talking about you know is it is it the the meat body that controls it all or is it the place you go to in your mind to get through the hundred burpees yeah you know because i know there's a place we go to in our mind like when i'm doing the burpees with you before it's like andy's watching me 
keep going. Yeah. If it's by myself, you're like, yeah, man, <laughs> I, I might pull a muscle. You know. So we're having these conversations whether yeah. we know it or not. I mean, you referenced being the hero, and I think one of the things we it's right in front of our face, but we don't always remember it is, or I think we're also the villain. You know, <laughs> yes. and and it's oh, that yin yang. You yeah, know, it's yeah. that it's the reason we love the Joker, and we won't admit yeah. it, but we love the the. Have you seen the new Joker? No, I haven't. Like, I won't spoil it, but for me, man, I watch it and I'm like, it's hard to say he's the bad dude. Yeah. I mean, obviously he's bad, right? He yeah. kills people and look, well, we don't want to talk about the definition behind kill because if you're part of the good guys, you can kill the bad guys and we've seen that throughout history, but then it asks you to f- to define who are the good guys and yeah. I mean, that's a whole different realm, right? This is... Yeah. This is tricky because there's law and all those things. Yeah. So we just say that killing's bad in general and everything in our DNA tells us that. But yet we have this funny relationship with it, eh? Where yeah. it's like, you can kill a fly and sleep at night. Yeah. You know, you can step on that ant. <laughs> but it's like the bigger things get. Yeah. And it's just, you know, this weird humanity of even pondering that, bro. Why is it okay to kill an ant but not a horse, you know? And why is it really not okay? Not just because... Well, horses have feelings and all these things. Where, where, where do we realise that? You know, when the wolf kills its dinner, what's it thinking? Yeah. You know, is it thinking, oh man, I wish there was an easier way to make a, you know, to uh, get the protein I need to yeah, get through the day. Yeah, maybe yeah. I should eat plants. You yeah. know, and and actually, those are good questions. And probably what drives us is to find answers. And you know, like I sometimes wonder. How interesting it would be to chat or just hang out with Elon Musk. Like, what's he lacking for all of that amazing brilliance? You know, what's he traded in in life? Mm-hmm. Maybe nothing. But I remember reading some um, things about Einstein. He was a dick. Like, <laughs> he would write lists for his wife saying, you know, this is the time I want my lunch. You're not to talk to me between these hours. Don't look at me in the eyes. Stuff like that. Yeah. Can you imagine trying to get away with anything like that now? Yeah. And that's the awesome thing about now is we're so self-conscious and, you know, we put things through the ringer and we have this, we have this who am I question. And I, I think ultimately it is working. It's just hard to see it when you're in real time. Yeah. And I think like the, you know, like, with, I guess like maybe this is the title of the, the episode, Einstein was a dick. <laughs> <laughs> it's going to get flagged by YouTube. <laughs> <laughs> but uh, true, yeah. Einstein was a emoji. Maybe D eggplant exclamation mark <laughs> hashtag K. Yeah. <laughs> Einstein um, was an eggplant. <laughs> but like the the bit where I were like I guess where I'm trying to get like you know we talked about workouts before. Mm. A little tangent is that like I feel like you know maybe a thought experiment if someone's listening is like if we say the word workout like who do you picture? Mm. For me before like trying to figure out you know. Um, what healthy for me is I just had the rock in my mind yeah. you know and before like at the time I would have said oh I love his discipline I love how he's pursuing it mm. you know he's choosing to do these things so he can like elevate to that standard yeah. Um, and so the yeah so we so I like critique like is my comparison external or internal um, and I think like there's obviously room for both like um, you know like we talked before a little bit I'll reference like you know um exercise mm. and like the condition it puts us in yeah wink wink um <laughs> and i think like for einstein like there's a like i feel like 
because Steve Jobs was a dick as well. Yeah. You know, Bill yeah. Gates at a point was a dick too. Yeah. yeah. You know, but like, I then go like, oh, but like, I, I, for myself personally, I go like, man, who am I to like, you know, to like point that out to him? Mm. One, I, I'm not in that organization, but two, for them to like express the version of their life which absolutely sucks because this is what Hitler did too, right? Yeah. Um, of what they thought was true and what they yeah. saw, how they saw the world. Yeah. Like they had to be those kind of people. Yeah. And so and so for me, like that's where that's where the so I can't imagine Einstein. Like I mean, I'm sure he had his like people he was competing against. Mm. Um. And yeah, maybe he was self-conscious to a point, but there's also this bigger pursuit he was taking on. Yeah. And it just so happens that like the actions to get there. Like made him a to his yeah. Life. Well, it's a, it's a it's a super interesting dynamic, and there's a fellow called uh, Eric Weinstein. I don't think he's related, but uh, him and his brother are these evolutionary, or one's an evolution evolutionary biologist, and one's a mathematician. Yeah. And these these super weird, out of it dudes in the states, but they, I think Eric has a podcast called The Portal, and his whole thing is about trying to like explain to you the deepest things in manageable ways not making it too easy because math is difficult by yeah. nature and you know it asks you to think at these kind of different measurement levels um, but he was talking about this idea of we need to make a space for unreasonable people too yeah because they're the ones sometimes who push us forward you know all of the things they yeah. lack they might be that savant in that space and it's just hard to know what to do with dicks in our world because arguably we are making our our careers out of being you know bring back to the idea of balance right yeah. firm when you need to be professional when you need to be f- can also take the hat off be a family person be fun I hope that's the ultimate way of uh, or I hope that's a, a good way of living because that's what I'm aiming towards yeah. is uh, maybe not being an Elon Musk but say being good at enough things that I can get through the day and contribute maybe it like in a small way yeah. you know because we don't all need to get to Mars sometimes there just needs to be me and you driving on the left hand side of the road to remind everyone else that we we brought into this yeah and I know? think like on that as well like I think there's also space for um, this is a little bit of maybe my own stuff which like um, which comes around like like for example, like I get told or have been told, um, I I get I have too many ideas. Um, <laughs> I need to pick one and follow through. Yeah. Um, and then I go, cool. But like I also think that's a choice. So like, you know, for example, for like you know talking about Elon Musk, mm. he's got a few things on the go, but they're very specific yeah. and very particular. Yeah. The end goal for them, and so, so I think like yeah, like and Einstein, you know, like. Um, I started reading this book and I put it I've, I've sort of it's a long term commitment mm. um, Fabric of the Cosmos Whoa. I think it's Brian Green yep um, and the whole honestly the whole like pursuit of physics from my understanding from reading like I think it's a fifth of the book now <laughs> um, people are struggling like with how to define motion mm. there's someone there's people out there committing their lives Einstein all of them we're trying to like pin down what motion is. Is it in relation to stuff? Is the absolute sp- like all this kind of stuff? Mm. I'm like I'm enjoying the read. I need to step away from it, but that's not my cup. Like that's like that's not what I'm pursuing. Yeah. Um, 
and then people talk about being you know a multi-potentialite all that kind of stuff yeah. you know um and yeah oh man lost my train of thought no, but no, like no. yeah the i think also like we need again this whole like external like metric versus internal like permission to wear all those hats like some of us like like that pursuit's like super worthwhile yeah do you know what i mean yeah. versus like having this very narrow you know mm. not narrow but like um yeah like sort of straight line pursuit yeah bro. and it's not and and neither pursuit is straight line yeah and the thing i want to i just want to touch on real quick because um i mean i dropped hitler in you know and i said maybe some people need a bit to do stuff you know like our biggest like one of the biggest villains if you you follow the news is yeah. like is trump yeah. um and i had this like really interesting story um i was fortunate enough to like um meet um one of the imams who were in the mosque mm-hmm. in Christchurch. Yeah. Um and he ended up being able like getting to meet Trump. And he told the most fascinating story about, you know, before the cameras go on, Trump was literally like almost in his ear, you know. Like honestly, like I'd imagine um your granddad or your grandma like holding you after maybe like you'd been in a heartbreak like that that's how we'd like mm. that, that was the picture i got mm. of trump wow <laughs> you know yeah. talking to him yeah, about bro. the experience that he went through as soon as the lights went on as soon as the cameras flicked on he like turned into the guy that we see yeah and it's just like but you can find clips of him in the 80s more in line with this balance yeah uh so you know we should acknowledge too that it requires a little bit of guts to not have to qualify your statements of raising the word Trump and then saying end of the joker. Yeah. Because you know, there's a lot of uh there's a lot of temptation to yeah. he's that, we're this. Yeah. Uh, you know, that's the difference, right? It's like we are in the now. We we know propaganda exists. We know uh, marketing spins and PR. Yeah. We know that people, uh, you know, like I said, we don't want to be told what to do, but we love being led. I mean, yes, yeah. you reference Hitler. I mean, it's like, you know, Germany was around before Hitler, yeah. and they had a society, and and there were things that were more similar to us, and then they had these moments where, you know, the, the balance, the Joker one you know and then it has to balance itself back and it's an interesting thing with trump because like a jickle and hide type yeah, thing too eh? yeah, like, like a yin the, and the, the yang yeah. you know where that was the bit that fascinated me about the yin and the yang is i just i saw the the two big bits and someone pointed out that it's the two little bits that are the important parts because they're the chaos within each of the other wow yeah and they're waiting they're they're the hitler our shadows eh? yeah they're yeah. the baby hitlers right yeah. and it's like <laughs> unattended you know mm. unmentored uh you know a loose grip on what per- perceiving as real or this idea of purity you know that's one thing that got brought up by the eric eric weinstein guy where he was talking about we think purity is good a clean table a clean car you know good um hygiene i mean overall yes those are good things because you don't want to be stinky but when we start uh forgetting to um let our children play in the mud, you know, for the risk of a parasite. Yeah. Uh, okay, there's probably dumb ways to do it and there's smart ways to do it, just like how we as adults know to drink water in some countries and bottles and yeah. fresh water and streams, you know, um, to 
examine it. Um, but this idea that when we go pure, and he was relating it, to, Eric was relating it to maths. He said the truth about maths is there are anomalies. Thank you. That exist that help you get through the things he was talking about the maths of a guitar yeah. and that to get to some of these chords you have to you have to break a rhythm it doesn't add up mm. but it still works and i that hit me pretty hard because i know it feels like everything needs to be pure and so like think about another version of this podcast where we're in the studio and there's nice lights yeah. and there's no rain and we're in our best clothes and we don't even have to hold microphones but this, I think what we like about it, and we call it authentic, but I think it's it's the unpure. It's yeah. the fact that there's benefits we get from not knowing the full story, you know. Uh, and I, I try and think about Trump in that way. I yeah. try and think, I don't know everything about that person. So, so what does that mean? And this is the tricky bit for me, bro, because am I that guy in Mississippi in 1950s? <laughs> who said it'll work itself out when she can't sit in the front of the bus. Am I that guy who sat in the back? And what's the role of those people yeah, yeah. who didn't stand up yeah. and said, everything you're saying is wrong, yeah. and I don't care about the collateral damage, I just know you're wrong. Which is what most people say to Trump, right? Yeah. I don't care about the collateral damage, I don't care. Don't show me your statistics, don't show me anything. You represent this to me, get out. I don't know what the right answer is because there's probably there's not a, one. Um, oh man, this reminds me. There's so many things like, you know, um, and I feel more like a, a knowledge broker in this space because I, I read a bit, but, um, and I think, oh, not, no, I'm not like onto it with everything, obviously, but like, for example, like, you know, um, reading a book at the moment and the guy keeps going on and on about like, you know, knowing 85% is way better than 100% yeah. because then, you know, like, there's even studies and research. I'm keen to, like, look into it and, like, mm. how the... Let's say you're deciding to buy a pair of shoes. The more you research, the less likely you are to go buy a, shoes to a pair of shoes today. Yep. I mean, that's a simple example. Yeah. Like, the more we consume a certain type of knowledge about someone, um, the more we're swayed to inaction, mm. right? Um, and so, for me, like, in this space, like, it's about... It's about like, it's break. I think my personality, like I'd love to see things as like black and white as binary. I think that like a lot of us want that for our lives, you know, like we want to know that if I take this risk to go self-employed, it's definitely going to work out. <laughs> yeah. You know, if I take this risk to like, you know, when I was, you know, still dating my wife, like to ask her to marry me, she's yeah. going to say, like, we want to, we want to make sure you have those pre-qualifying conversations. Like you want to have everything lined up. Um, pursuing the purity maybe pursuing the 100 percent like actually like creates doubt you move away from being binary yes. you know whereas i think like you know the unpolished the authentic you know what, what, what whatever that is um for me represents like willingness to get started yeah. willingness to like jump in you know and the comments on here like i don't even know if i agree with myself and i listen if i listen to this back <laughs> but it's like yeah, I was willing to like express an idea yep. at that point in time, and you know, like, thankfully not that well known to 
maybe it have you know yeah. bite me back or whatever yeah. or like whatever that case is and so i th- you know and then there's also um i think there's there's a quote i i heard on another podcast um oh, i forget who it was but essentially it was you know better to be the person who's like tried and failed mm than to have like not tried at all hard out you know and i think that's where and so when even when it comes to like a comment about trump and Mm -hmm. about how human he is when the cameras are off even though i didn't experience it but from someone who's been through something horrible correct at like yeah like it's it tempers my yeah that like you know the i don't know what it is the like the shake your fist or like yeah you know He's so different from me (laughs) because, yeah, I mean, I don't know if I had a camera on me all the time, like, well, if your goal in life was to try and make money to prove that to your dad that you're worthy, who knows the psychological effects and this is a dude who's 80 or something like that. Right. So it's happening for a long time. Yeah. And, and the question is, can you even do that? That's just some concept that again, going right back to the start, we have this capacity to who am I? And this dude's trying to work that out. Yeah. Just it worked out that in the public eye, uh, almost like you know how we're podcasting now. That's becoming like a bit of a, a, a value commodity. Yeah. But it was just radio a few years ago. Yes. Yeah, yeah. It was just talking a few more years before that. Yeah. And we just happen to be you know people who are experimenting with the format now, and and. Who knows how many versions of the reality, you know, kind of Avengers style, Doctor Strange style, where where things didn't pan out for that dude. But if you actually look at it, it's it's so in line with what we always thought. I mean, Back to the Future yeah. said Biff would be president in one of those timelines, <laughs> yeah. you know? And it's like weird because he is Trump. You yeah. know, he's this <laughs> kind of bully who, or a bully on the skeleton yeah. who's scared inside, right? Because they actually acknowledge the other Biff who's cleaning the car. Remember, is that Marty? Your car's ready, sir, or something like that. And we just never remember that. You know, we only see the bully. And uh, I guess that's where we probably all know either at time we were bullies or we were bullied, but we know there is a certain fear to that. And I think what's what's super interesting, like you said, you know, like, man, we're spending a lot of time on this, dude. Um, (laughs) (laughs) But I think maybe like one more thing for me is that like when – if you put it into like the bigger context, like how, you know, especially the people who voted for him, mm. um, like just the state of the story and the context around their work lives, their mm. country, their neighborhoods, their communities. And um, honestly, I don't blame someone who, um, again, like listen to a podcast I don't know, I forget who the, who the podcasts are that I listen to now, but, you know, the story of this guy who grew up in a place where there was like 400 houses, you know, a little town in America, and how, you know, he'd go into the, the store to get groceries, and whether or not he had money, the dude would always give him the groceries, mm. and somehow his mum sorted it out with the guy, yeah. you know, and then Walmart moves in, and all these small businesses, and like, the threads of the community, like, untangle, mm. and so it's not anymore what he remembered, but he ends up writing, I should find this, I think it's this, the former CEO of Kickstarter. He writes a manifesto that essentially like, is a representation of this like, you know, idyllic past. And so I think when people, you know, and it's the same, I think, for Obama going from George Bush you know, to, 
to him, like, mm. there was a whole, like, you know, crew of people who were like, man, there's, like, no hope. And there's this guy offering it, mm. you know, his actions actually, you know. I mean, anyway. Yeah, yeah, look, I think we can, when it gets confusing, you can just go deep enough to know that we're all in search of something. Yes, yeah. And we will find something. This is the interesting thing about uh, this journey of talking to people who, let's say, worship and, and well, I don't even say we don't worship because we all worship something. Yeah. You know, if like, if Joe Rogan came to New Zealand, like I worship the dude in a weird way, you know, because yeah. I guess it's another way of saying ultimate respect yeah. or, you know, seeing a shining light of who you could be. Um, and, and we will fill the space. I think that <laughs> I'm certain of that. Yeah. And so that's kind of one of the things that concerns me about the modern world is we're really... I, I, I kind of not called my 13 year old I didn't call him out but I kind of said to him gently hey you know that there were things before you were born eh and he's like yeah dad but it's like when he says it when he tells me things there's such a conviction of how awesome it is yeah. and I'm like dude there's so there were cool things before that or he'll say to me oh you know that guy there he's in this game thing I like and he's like yeah well you know that's Robert De Niro and he was in these cool things that I liked bef- and people liked before that you know and it's like <laughs> we it makes sense that we only kind of attach to now because that that does make total sense but it's that it's that weird timeline which we're not privy to we're only privy to it after you know and I mean you can see why, and I sometimes think, I, I understand why people opt to not care about any of this stuff, yeah. to not think deeply. Because it, you know, you said something about, um, you know, uh, authenticity and willingly kind of, uh, what do you say, taking on a burden or bringing something in. I think the bit people misconceive about that is, that also means risk. Yeah. That also means that you're not guaranteed to win. Mm-hmm. Probably one of the best things about stability is you're guaranteed a certain level of winning. Yeah. I see that in my German culture, you know, my wife's German. And in, in Germany, it's really important to be this thing called Beamter, which is you can work for the government and never get fired. And it's like the ultimate status. If you're a teacher, a policeman, right. you do your time, uh, like let's say two years or something, and then you're Beamter. And you can basically have a certain level of security that anything else can go wrong and you'll be sweet and I sometimes think that's part of the reason why we crack up at Germans because they they trade in that security or they they trade in something else for the security and I think it's like and you know like I love Germans deeply Mm -hmm. but they're crack up people they're so (laughs) blunt you know people say what's it like being married to a German and I say well a Kiwi would probably not tell you you have a booger in your nose because it would be embarrassing. But a German would think it's ridiculous if they don't tell you because you've got a booger in your nose. Yeah. So they'll sacrifice the awkwardness mm-hmm. for the betterment. Yeah. Because I actually want to be told I've got a booger in my nose. <laughs> yeah. But we're this weird, you know, I don't know if it's just the the English uh, colonialism, which is, you know, True, uh, yeah. all of that stuff. and and But... But again, you know, it's like that difference, and it's I, I it's a real pleasure for me to and a privilege actually, because um, I'm trying to I'm trying to use that word in other ways than just how we think about privilege. You yeah. know, like 
uh, I'm, I'm purpose- and I don't know if it's the right thing to do, but it feels like the right thing to do because uh, it acknowledges, say, let's say our ancestors um, sacrificing their lives too for a certain level of safety because it's ironic that I sit here and say, or that we sit here and say, we're, we're willing to trade a bit of safety in for meaning. For them, it was like, you know, for my grandmother, she had to get all of her kids to New New Zealand over 10 years or something. Right. So it's like, safety wasn't a thing, right? Yeah. She would have traded it all in. She would have been a pure and conformity for having kids and fair enough. But that level of sacrifice gave us this other, yeah. which we are kind of... We're trading it in to go back. Because it's like oh, you talk about your son, you know, we're going on about, you know, let's yeah. say the cool dude. Mm. We're talking about safety in the context of, you know, living in Auckland. <laughs> yeah. You know what I mean? And yeah. the cost associated. Yeah. Um, but then it's like, you know, like people like 17, 18 year olds like mm. jumped on a boat um, when not knowing what they were stepping into yeah. onto beaches yeah. they'd never been on, Yeah. you know to face gunfire for what you know like you know for freedom for all that kind of stuff yeah yeah so I'm just like man (laughs) like what what really do we have to worry about yeah well I think we just got to worry to make sure that that we you know one thing I like about kind of more traditional um, um, ways of thinking is that it's big into kind of remembering or yes, acknowledgement yeah. Yeah. I think that's one of the misconceptions and look I should probably say I'm more agnostic but with this gap yeah. in my thinking which is just an open space it's something I don't like about being closed off like this is the idea and this is what's happening I'm happy I just think it's weird that if if I was a god well we partly are to our kids I sometimes say <laughs> that I'm like dude I'm your god and he's like no you're not I'm like well did I create you? He's like, yep. And I'm like, well, I'm a god. <laughs> and he's like, Damn it, you know. But we kind of say it tongue in cheek. Yeah. Uh, but there's no way we get through this life if he does. If I don't say to him, I love him. I mean, there's a way. Don't. And you know. But I just think it's easier if I show and tell because I can. So I think it's a bit weird that if there's a god, if I was a god, I I would do like what I do now. I'd just like I'd whisper in the ear. Oh, no, I'd probably just say, hey, look at me. Look at me. We're all good. All right? I'm not around most of the time, and that's by design. See ya. <laughs> you know, something like that. Yeah, just so you, you, you can, at your darkest moment, grip onto that. Because at our darkest moment, maybe we do. Maybe that is what we're talking about in our deep back. It's the, it's, that's, it's that thing, you know, uh, Lance Burdett, he's been on the podcast. He's a crisis negotiator. Wow, yeah. And he was the dude that you send in when the terrorist is there. And he said, in those extreme moments, you you involuntary action of calling for mum or God. And I thought that was so interesting because, you know, it's like, okay, well, that makes sense because mum is like a God, right? Talking about creation yeah. and, and this idea of birthing you. Yeah. And, and and then, so so... I don't really know what I mean, bro, but um, I guess it's like, um, you know, huge levels of deepness and, and I guess we acknowledged it too when we did our burpees that that's only part of the equation. Yeah. It's no good just being the deep guys all the time, yeah. you know, and going on these psychedelic adventures and kind of not realizing that that's only one area of this consciousness that we have and maybe it's underutilized, 
but we definitely uh, need to be able to switch out back into, you know, the the one who's actively looking for the future and taking on the risk yeah. and knowing the consequence, eh? Yeah, yeah. Because, like, I'm fascinated by, we just think it will work, but it might not work. <laughs> There's no guarantees yeah. that Elon gets us to Mars, which opens up the next chapter of human thing. It yeah, might yeah. be that we're just like, dude, that's why we don't see aliens, because it's too hard to get around. Yeah. And I think there was, um, like, we're both doing these, like, you know, you're doing 100 days of burpees, I'm doing this 75-day thing, yep. which I'm, like, trying not to talk about because it's just my <laughs> it's my pursuit, you know. Um, but I think that's what Mars is for Elon, Yeah. you know. Um, and whatever that thing is for, for others, like, there's something about, um, you know, people talk, I've, I don't know it that well, but people talk about wayfinding as well mm. and having this, like, image of your destination in the future. Right. And I think... You know, the idea of it just working out is, like, we need that to take that jump, to take that leap, mm. you know. Um, if I pull this off, then it means, you know, more time for my kids, more time for my wife, like, more time, like, doing what I want to do. Yeah. Um, and that's not, and for me, like, and I qualify this to myself, not even for, not even for mm. other people, mm. that means I still get to work hard, but at the stuff that I want to. Yeah. Yeah. You know, and um, I've got this idea. Um, I don't know if it's going to be like a written post or like a little video, mm. but um, around how I quit my dream job twice. True. Um, actually, three times if I consider it. <laughs> like I was, a, I was a you know intermediate teacher, mm. and maybe it's a little segue. Um, yeah, I was intermediate teacher at Wesley Intermediate, so yep. just on the other side of this field. Yeah. Um, and. What a, what was epic? Why I say it was my dream job is because I got um, I got a lot of freedom to shape stuff how I wanted to, and then also the job part provided the accountability. Yeah. Um, and then that yeah, so that was epic. Um, I quit that. Wow. <laughs> Do you know what I mean? Yeah. Like it's crazy. Um, <laughs> I was on the founding team of Critical Design, yeah. um, who's turning like waste plastic into furniture. Um. So being the yeah being one of the co-founders initially meant I got to shape that I got to pursue that I got to influence you know the business and all of that mm. um, and yeah like um, I I did that while I was teaching too so um, but I ended up cutting myself off from that <laughs> um, I ended up at Nahere yeah. Communities Program Lead. Um, was a director initially, shareholder. I mean, and when you see a shareholder, honestly, like it's it's not like a 10, 15 percent, it's like way less than that. <laughs> yeah. But like, it's it's a nice thing to say. Mm. Um, and I got to shape my role, I got to do all those things. Um, and then I quit that, yeah, 20th of December last year. Um, and maybe that's the you know, the clickbaiter in me. I quit my dream job three times. <laughs> um, but there's also like for me, there's something when I like understood like what the work was. My my narrative from society is that oh you don't want to do hard work. I was like no I don't, I don't want to do that hard mm. like that like I realize what's gonna what like for critical, um you know at one point we made these um let's say digitally fabricated coffins so they were CNC'd and then we pieced them together um and there was a lot of like yeah like people like them and we had to put we had to make 20 of these at one point or 15 um 
and at one point it was just me in the workshop and then managed to rally some people around mm. i got in the zone you know we did like 10 12 hour days um trying to pull this off and then in that moment i like i i knew what would make that business work and then when i mapped it out that's not what i wanted for my life yeah and i think that happened every time mm. um and so that's the and I, you know, I got a friend who just closed up a thing, a dream, or mm-hmm. something that he put his energy and effort into. And we talk like, there's lots of effort into how to get started. That's not the hard part. Yeah. <laughs> Finishing, I reckon, is way harder. Hard when, out. You've, when you've put your blood, sweat, yeah. and tears to like chop the thing off. Mm. Um, it's, yeah. I don't know what. I actually don't know what that conversation is, other than, man, like I get it. Yeah. Well, you know? I get it because. You know, we, you know, I was saying when we do burpees, sometimes I take it just to the literal. When you say, uh, even take the fact you went after a dream, like what is the opposite to a dream? It's a nightmare. Mm-hmm. So that's what you open the door to, yeah. right? You open the door. If, you, if you're going to acknowledge a dream, then you have to say it could be a good dream or a bad dream. And this is the thing about going after things is that it's not guaranteed. Yeah. So one of the ways I like to think about it is a slightly wider view, which is like, okay, so if society tells you that you're not following what you said, it's probably they're using dial-up when there's fiber. And one of the ways I think is like, well, uh, some of the other areas, you're very consistent, let's say family, let's say um, being available for those select few yeah. people. And those need to be valued because if they are not valued, we are in this crisis time now where you know people find less meaning in life because they're putting it all into this work. Yeah. You know, and, and that's I don't think that's there to give you meaning. I think that's there to support that. Maybe worship. We worship work. It yes, gives yeah. us, the, it, it is our gods, you know, the god of money, the god of all of these um, things. But if we look at it with more bandwidth, we can say that, uh, and maybe this I will look long term and as to myself as, dude, you were just making excuses. I like to think you're picking up the bits for the master plan. Yeah. And I can see it, you know, if I put the podcast, so it's, the goal was a studio, then I was like, oh, it'd be better to go on the road. It'd be cool to get out a van. Yeah. And then I realized I don't want to be in a van. Why? You know? My studio doesn't look as cool as Joe Rogan's because it's inside a van. Yeah. So take it out now. And this is the next evolution of it. So if you were to just check in with me now and then, you'd say, dude, that's a big change from a studio. But for me, it's not. It's incremental steps, you yeah. know, which is how everything, i.e. 100 burpees a day has been. There's something about... What was it? Can I just ask yeah. real quickly? What was it like? Um, and I'm sorry to cut you off, man. No, you're right. But what was it like, like the day before the night, like when you decide, like yeah, the the lead up to deciding, <laughs> yeah, like you know, because um, I think that's super. Like I'm, I'm a little bit like, um, so even though I talk about like, there's lots of stuff about how to get started. Mm. It's very mechanical. Yeah. Um, there's not a lot of like. I mean, it's not that I've seen the whole internet thing or where like, I haven't seen everybody's take on how to get started, mm. but I'm super interested in the like, um, the emotional, yeah. like, yeah. not mechanics, yeah. but like elements. Well, it was three things. Uh, two of them were the podcast. So one was talking to Gareth and Tom who flipped the tire yeah. and I was fascinated about like this idea and I still am. And we're probably dabbling with this in our own lives. Why bring harder things into your life? It just doesn't make sense, yeah. but it does. And and 
uh, Gareth is now doing uh, 60 hours, yeah. uh, flipping a tyre for 60 hours. Yeah, for, and, and um, so giving a flip, I think, is the... Um, yeah is the Instagram and everyone should check it out um, because that is that is some burden to take in. You know, I, I met with uh, Gareth and we'll just pin why I, whatever the question was, something around um, why I chose to do burpees. But I met with Gareth a couple of weeks ago. Uh, I, he was talking about a doco and I said, oh man, I've got some ideas for you. And he was like, yeah, yeah, I was thinking. And I was like, no, 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 hold on. I was thinking, <laughs> you know, you... I'm fascinated with this idea of going to the edge of something and what brings us back sometimes and what floats us off, right? And I think literal too, right? People taking their lives. Like yeah. there's something that is like far out. What the hell? Anyway, park that for now. There's many minds working on that. But I said to Gareth, you're doing this because 60 men per hour kill minute. themselves. Per minute kill themselves. I said, one way to do it is to just acknowledge it. I said, bro, but you've got an opportunity to push yourself to the edge. And I said, when you're at 59 hours, 20 minutes, I want to ask you what's going through your mind. And I have this feeling, this instinct that it's comparable, maybe not all the way, but some way to someone at their end tether. Because he literally will be almost at his end tether, physically, mentally. And I said to him, your story, bro, is about the ultimate sacrifice of pushing yourself to the limit. And I said, what's the most scary thing for me, Gareth, is that there's no guarantee that you'll make it. Because we like to build it up. It's a great seven sharp story. You know, it's the guy who flipped a tire for 60 hours. Yeah. Guinness World Record. There's no guarantee that you make it out of this okay. But this is where it gives me hope. Have please have people around you who can be your different tiers, right? Have the ones who are just your bros. Have the one you can go to when it's all out and you have no way to get back. Yeah. You know, you're like what Lance said, you know, who's the person you call to, the, the mum or the God? Because yeah. I think you're going to need it. Yeah. And I don't think you should underestimate going to that edge of the abyss. That's what uh, I read a quote Nietzsche said, eh? if, you, if you look into the abyss... Sometimes it stares back at you, and bro, like, careful opening up that Pandora's box. You've mm. got to make sure you come back. I mean, we know we can come back through therapy and help, and and I just thought that's uh, I needed to tell him that, you know. Yeah. And he was like, "Oh, bro, I just thought it'd be a doco about me pushing this tire and getting, you know, a group of people together and we hug." And I'm like, "Maybe," but the other story is you have an insight which you've sacrificed to get, and then what is the what is the data? when people pick your brains what did you see you know I saw this weird movie one time Brian I don't even want people <laughs> to search it because it was it had Germans in it and high society Germans and kind of Dr. Mengele stuff anyway they were torturing people to the edge of life wow. and then asking them what they saw and it was it was a sick uh, I, I went through visual effects school and there was this, my, my mate Patrick and he loved the most grossest stuff so he'd like send me these movies and I'd watch them and I'd be like, that is, what, bro, that's disgusting. Never send me, not like not like um, porn or anything, but yeah. just really psychological deep ones. Yeah. Anyway, so this film, I'm going to spoil it because I never want anyone to go search it. Everyone will be searching it now. Um, but they torture this person, they do all this horrible stuff to them 
the head German lady of the secret society says, what did you see? She whispers, and then the German lady shoots herself in the head. So she never reveals what it was. But there was something in yeah. that. So that was their science. And, and look, <laughs> this is probably gross, and we'll just remove ourselves from that thinking and come back to Gareth. But something about pushing yourself right to the edge, which I think is probably Do you one think of there's a, like, that... I wonder. I I believe there'd be a difference between, like, you like so Gareth choosing to do that mm-hmm. versus someone else putting you in that position. Yep. Big do you time. Know what I mean? and yeah, so, yeah, yeah. And so then the conclusion of you know what that lady did. Yeah. For me, makes sense because does she know when the end? Like, if she doesn't see the end. Yeah. Whereas Gareth might be able to. Yeah. I'm sorry, my mic's all the no, way no, up no, there. It's all right. Yeah. No, no, they're robots. Um, they they work. Um, yeah, yeah, yeah. Right, like, uh, like, well, maybe not like, but when you look at the goal of a hundred burpees in a row, it's too big. Yep. But it's not too big if you say on the first day you could not do five in a row, and over a hundred you got to the. Yeah. So the answer. I'd even go you, further. Yeah. If, if if you're like, if if you decided okay. Or if I listen, I go, okay, Andy, like do a hundred burpees in a row mm. versus you going, Andy, start doing burpees. Right. Like, you know, like, you know, it's, you know, it's a hundred, mm. you know, like there's an end, but you just go, Andy, start doing a hundred yeah. or not doing like, just start. Yeah. And like, I'll let you know. Oh, okay. Well, that's, that's, that's. So that's, I think the dilemma, like where that, yeah. in terms of going to the edge. Yes. Like. Right. So. So, Gareth knows it's 60 hours. Yeah. So, regardless of the pain, it's still 60 hours. Right, and this is, honest, this is like beach chair commentary, right? Yep. Like, you know yeah. what I mean? Armchair commentary. <laughs> I probably wouldn't, oh man, I'll probably do training and could do like an hour. <laughs> yeah. Man, that'd be my own body, like it'd be, oh, it's not far <laughs> off my own body weight, so flipping myself for an hour, oh man. Well, yeah. So, I was going to put add that in there, yeah. you know, yeah. where... Yeah we're pontificating here yeah well that's that's right right <laughs> this is the space we're in and hopefully it's providing some uh, entertainment or value yeah. for someone you know in those stuck in traffic moments or or, or worse yeah. you know because that is the kind of other, the other side that I sometimes dip into in the podcast which is like ooh this is an interesting space yeah this is a weird nook yeah where <laughs> you provide this level of service but also with a risk you know uh, like I've I had this podcast last week with my friend Daniel and we were kind of arguing on the podcast about fasting and saying is it right not to acknowledge people who are starving when you're willingly to starving I mean it's something what we're talking I about think with it's similar, yeah. and I said he said you sh- you don't well, okay I'll be careful with what I say because Daniel by no means was saying anything apart from just talking but he was saying I don't Something like, I don't think it helps if you feel guilty um, when it's not really the same. And I said, no, I don't really think it's about the guilt. I think it's about the acknowledgement <laughs> that the difference is we're willingly doing it. Yeah. I think he was saying the same thing too. He's going to be mad at me because, you know, when you try and recreate a chat, one has to be Batman and the other one has to be Joker. We we were neither, right? We were probably flicking back and forth. Yes, it was just yeah. two friends chatting. But in context of what I was just saying about this weird nook is that you never know where that information goes. Yes, yeah. Maybe someone decides, oh, I'm going to try and fast. Or, you know, I've had uh, Grant Schofield on the podcast who is the fat professor, advocates for high-fat, low-carb low diet. 
It's like, you know, what I know enough from listening to Joe Rogan and that is that the data isn't conclusive either way. So it could be that we just don't know if carnivore or vegan is the right way mm-hmm. because maybe they're both okay. <laughs> I don't know. Yeah. Maybe, yeah. But you know what I mean? It's and, like, I, and I think it's, yeah, and I, I it's one of, it's, it's definitely the, the tension I think that we're always like trying to, not always, but we want to do the us versus the, like the binary, mm, black and mm. white, you know, is it like, and that's where the 100% versus just jumping off on the 85, Yeah. you know, so like, for example, for me, um, and with a diet I'm trying at the moment, um, let's say I went keto, there's, I'm learning like right now because I'm doing like no dairy um, and I've got, um, I've had this like hives which is like yeah. a you know allergic thing yeah. since i was a toddler and i was like oh you're gonna grow i'm like my my story that i heard from people was like oh you're gonna grow out of it I haven't grown out of it no dairy it like resolves itself now whoa so so yeah so for me that's like that's another level you yeah. know where you go on to where it's like like cool you know there's these options and that's what i love so my i'd say like i hate putting it out there it resembles like a paleo style mm. diet, which mm. is just yeah, like no processed foods, no dairy, yeah, or like hardly any, mm. if I can help it. Um, and then by accident discover that, like I'm, I don't like I'm not lactose intolerant, but I discover that I'm getting less of the stuff, you know. And then I spoke to a friend who's a nurse, and she said like, and I was talking to her, she's on her buzz, like, and that was, um, that was epic, like getting to catch up. And I was like, man, I was I used, I went from like an antihistamine a day to like mm. um, seven in the last three weeks, which is like you know awesome. like sixty percent like a sixty six percent two thirds cut down, yeah, you know of it. And and then she like also like highlighted to me that like antihistamines like dull your immune system yeah. in order to like you know lessen your allergic right. response. And so I'm like, so one like I'm, you know, I've started all this other stuff like exercising all that kind of thing. And I've got more energy, but yeah. I've also taken this like drug out of my system pretty much. Yeah. Um, and so it's like all of these things adding up. So I think on the diet thing, it's like, I just love that there's options and that because they work for some people, there's one that might work for you. Right. You said something and I wonder if it encapsulates, I mean, there's many things that encapsulate what yeah. the hell we're up to, but you said accidental discovery, Yeah. which is kind of like luck. Yes, yeah. But a nicer way of saying luck because it suggests that the accident means you, you know, it wasn't guaranteed because accident is a negative yeah. connotation. Yeah. And discovery being like, at least you learn something out of it. Yes, yeah. You know, so that kind of helps me frame up this whole area we're doing. You know, yeah. what, what are the accidental discoveries that we're making by, you know, by by trading in things that it feels like are wrong, not wrong, uh, against um, the contrary, you know, like uh, like we should be um, getting ready for work right now. True, uh, you know, no, but you know what I mean. Like, yeah, I but what it is seven twenty. Uh, you I'm still right, co- you sure? Right. Okay, cool. Because I'll just check my phone. Yeah, we um we can we can wrap it up. And we can do a, a part B. When should we? What? When you want to go? Because I don't have to be at work till like eight thirty. But you just tell me when. I'm happy to wrap up. Yeah. Should we? Till eight. Okay, sweet. Yeah. If we go that far, otherwise yeah, we can. Otherwise, if we yeah, run yeah. out of things, then the the burpees won. <laughs> so, um, so coming back to 
why I chose the burpees. So I had the conversation with Gareth. Yeah. And then the week after, I had a conversation with Albie Robeck, who punched a boxing bag for 60 hours. And he was the, the clincher for me because I was like, really? You're going to, you're going to, you're doing something that hard? Why? Yeah. And he was like, uh, I forget exactly what he said, but it was something about, you know, actually, I don't know what he said. I could only have the feeling of what he meant. And from my memory, it was something like, um, you know, prove to myself that hard things can be done. That's what I took away. Yeah. So it started rolling around in my mind. And then a, a fellow I've had on the podcast a couple of times, Te Omeka, um, what if you, he's got, you know, super interesting dude. He's right into LinkedIn business, but also, you know, he does a pull-ups and all of that stuff. And he tagged me on LinkedIn one day and said, um, bro, 100 burpees, 100 days. And I was like, oh, that's it. And so I went <laughs> yeah. to dinner with uh, neighbors because that's the other thing I'm trying to do with um, um, my wife and family is get to know the people around us. Yeah. I mean, there's something really kind of basic about it, but it's awesome. Yeah. Like the dude who wrecked me yesterday with burpees <laughs> and run, he's a pilot, he's the man. Um, it's just down the road. Yeah. And it's like, oh, cool, i got a training buddy now and I don't have to drive all the way yes, anywhere. Yeah. Uh, so I was with them for dinner and I thought about it all day and I'm like how would I strategize it and I said to them you know how would you guys attempt um, 100 burpees a day and they're like oh yeah good question probably I'd break it up into five sets of 20 and I'm like oh yeah that sounds logical so I thought that was the clincher right it was the it was the metaphorical uh, tinder that started the flame and then what got me across was the logical um, acknowledge of there's actually a strategy. Yeah. It wasn't just do 100. Uh, that was too much. Yeah. But 20, I thought in my mind was manageable. What I was to realize it was it was more like five. Yeah. Five, five. And then the next day it was five. Pain, cry. You like flipped it. I was like five 20s. And I was like, oh, no, I've got to do 25s. Yeah, bro. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> and that became this weird monster, which started at seven in the morning and ended at seven at night, where I'd just do five because... They weren't burpees, bro. They were just me getting up and down off the floor. And it's so interesting because I said I have to record each one as a thing to me, not to post each one, but if I want to, I can post the stats and that helps. Yeah. That's that balance, right, of not sharing. Yeah. Like it's not the Kardashians, show your butt, but it's a hint at what's going on in my life. And yeah. it's awesome to be wrestling with that um, with that dynamic. You know, I tried vlogging for a year and I've unlisted all those videos now. They still exist on my page, but... That kind of taught me so much about what to share. Mm -hmm. I was sharing everything, family, <laughs> yeah. parents, because that's the level you go to in your mind when you think like Casey Neistat, I've got yeah. to vlog every day. And it's been interesting to see how that whole world's playing out. What do you share? What don't you share? So I think there's a fine line, you know, acknowledge uh, friends and wife and kids, but not where we are and how we are. There's yeah. too much power. Yeah. Maybe. I'm not sure. I mean, ultimately, we're probably moving towards, you know, we're already being surveilled. Uh, I was at the Auckland Art Museum yesterday and we were on cameras <laughs> and they've got heat cameras to measure you. Yeah. like, why? True. And I was like, <laughs> Are you allowed to do that? Anyway, they probably are. I mean, they're artists, so yeah. or they're the people who hold you know the greatness of whatever's in our mind. So I guess they're allowed to measure my heat temperature to see if I'm whatever. But um, yeah, man, it's it's so that's why I started. And I mean, quickly, what I learned is it's really hard, and so I framed it up as the burden. Yeah. And 
it, in my mind, it's uh, what well, it kind of helps thinking I'm carrying something up a heavy hill. Mm-hmm. And the, now the challenge is, I can see the top of the hill. Yeah. I'm going to get there. What's next? Yeah, cool. And, and, and I don't have to put too much pressure on myself because I think we do in life. Yeah. I think we haven't, in life we haven't even started the walk up the hill, yet we're thinking about the top. And that's too much. That's, yeah. too, much, uh, that's too much pressure. Yeah. You, you, you can't, it's like saying start your burpee and never know when you're going to finish. Yeah. You know, so the, probably the most valuable tool is learning to break things right down. If I'm struggling um, just to get through, I'll just do small sets. You know, yeah. I'll make it fun like we did today. You know, yeah. I mean, that was still a workout. I was sweating yeah. hard, but we're chats in the middle, you know, then we do some more work. But if I'm keen to punish, you know, then it's like hang out with my neighbor <laughs> or, you know, uh, one of the things I'm trying to tell myself is every now and then you have to see how many you can do in a row. So I'm, I can do 40 in a row. Yeah, cool. But I know I'm over halfway. So I've got to get that next level uh, and get to 50 and 60 because mm-hmm. I wanted to be able to do, after 100 days, uh, my goal is to do 100 burpees. Yeah. I don't know if I'll get there or not. Yeah. Not the point though, I don't think. Yeah, no. I don't have to say I didn't get to 100 burpees. So I got this right Yeah, it's, it's attacking. Flying yeah. um, Epic, man. Like, And I, I think also... Like what I like, even just the the vlogging, and it's that like I think I talked about it, you know, the the workout thing, the comparison, mm. and I'm super interested in that at the moment, especially for getting started, yeah, and for getting started at what level, right? Do you know what I mean? Mm. Like, um, and even like the, I think with you, like you know, getting started on the burpees, having that strategy, and you know, I can speak for myself, like trying this all out. Um, is yeah the accidental learnings mm. you know and how this ended up like this setup is an accidental process but like if you hadn't had the dream of the studio which is a big enough thing to get you off your butt right yeah it then puts you in yep. this like new space yep. you know for me like wanting more energy for my kids like it just I couldn't before this I couldn't equate um, morning I couldn't equate like you know, trying to um, two forty-five minute things a day yep. is going to mean I have more energy. Mm. I feel like oh, at the outset you think it'd make you more tired. Yeah, that's the that's the logic. Before you've tried it, you try and strategize mm. the whole plan, and so yeah, yeah, which comes back to hope, right? If it's too big, it's too big. I mean, yeah. that's the definition of too big. It's too much. Yeah. yeah. Either you can't do it, or you have no motivation, and those are real things. Even though you know it's like love, that it doesn't exist, but it does. Yeah. Because you say it when we chat back and forward. Like I didn't, I don't want to do it this morning. I don't want to do it this morning. Yeah. But somehow you overcome it, eh? And I think it's yeah. like it must be a bit. And that's probably the trickiness of life, right? having something hard enough that's achievable yeah, and it's on kind of your terms it's like dealing with that pain choosing that trauma it yeah and your on your terms but knowing that you don't own it it just it must be something like a wave you know you can you can't tell the wave how big to be or whatever but you can work out a way to ride with it or just yeah. get boom smashed yeah i even like i'm not sure if i've said it out loud to myself but even just before like starting a workout or doing a thing, I go, <laughs> like I breathe out and go, man, this is not what I want to do right mm. now. Like I'd rather be, you know, 
blah blah blah. Yep. But if I get through this, I still get to do that. So, Bro. okay. <laughs> <laughs> and yeah, and the idea of like not like yeah, and I struggle with. I think the thing as well, like. I'm sure there's research on this. When you tell people about your diet before you've started it, mm. you get all the endorphins already. Oh man, it's awesome that you're like, you know, you're trying to do make be healthy uh, and yeah. and do all of that thing. Um, so for me, doing this like 75 days thing, I'm gonna try and contemplate maybe always having some type of days thing. Mm. Maybe and whether it's a level up or it's a level back or like it's not even a level up. It's just like another challenge. You know, so maybe that it's thirty days of adding journaling mm. or meditation, like just having that like that space where I want to be, mm. you know. And then I think over time, like I might not, I I'm probably gonna not share any of that. Yeah, bro. You know, like you know, like yeah. that's the yeah. like just, and I think it's the that's the accidental experiment as well around our own like hacking our own habits and psychology. Yeah, yeah. You know, just um, enough to keep you. Just enough endorphin where it matters, eh? So yeah. it's not it's not the driver. Yeah. It's not the yes, I pushed upload on my vlog, you know, because you can quickly get into that space, and sometimes yeah. it's not it's not evident when it's there. And we have enough of that in our work. Yeah. You know, I've got enough of it, like you know what I mean, like, and so I just think, yeah, like you know, we we have to resolve some of those internal and philosophical stuff, mm. and. Honestly, I've been, I think for two years now, I've been looking for a thing that I'm not tempted to monetize. Yeah. And I just, and as I'm, I feel like fortunate, lucky, privileged that um, I get to choose to be healthy. Yeah. And follow through, like, you know. Um, so I'm honestly, I'm very like, I'm so I'm super self. I'm like looking at myself here. Yeah. <laughs> and like, this is going to be on a podcast and I've said all those things. <laughs> well, look. Do you know what I mean? The good, cool thing about it, bro, is we're doing it together. Yeah. And I'm going to wrap us up in a sec because the world's awoken around us. These little flies have emerged. There's people scattered out and about now. And it's a different world to the one we started in yes, at 4.30 yeah. this morning, right? It was our world. <laughs> yeah. It was dark. We could control yeah. our environment. It was about us just getting through the burpees. Now, it gets harder and harder the more awake everything becomes. And I think that's the challenge is to sometimes know when to wrap up yeah. and carry on with the day. Cool. If we leave it too far, the the roads get too busy and then it becomes too much and and that's something I'm trying to be flexible with too you know in in its literal sense be flexible with you know your timings and and how you think and 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 also just <laughs> I don't know actually I don't know that's probably where I where I where I wrap most things up um is I don't know but <laughs> it's a team game you said we're putting things out there but we're putting things out there yeah. and so you know if they come after me they come after you they come after us well, we're coming after ourselves. Maybe that's a better way because I don't like the us and them, even though I know it's yeah. deep within us. But uh, so so we probably should sometimes come after ourselves. You know, I want to be able to prove to myself that these ways of thinking were correct or you know, I've got a, maybe a sense that after all this journey, I will just get a nine to five and be happy yeah. and content. And um, I don't know, maybe maybe that's just the... You know, the ups and downs of it all. That yeah. We have to go through this feeling of, get out of my way, I'm invincible. Ah, it's all too much. Ah, it's somewhere in the middle. Oh, I'm invincible. Ah, it's all too much, <laughs> you know? And, yeah, yeah. and and then there's that un- accidental discovery as well, which sometimes wipes you out, you know? You realize that there is everything you believed gets crushed yeah. or vice versa. Yeah. Um, but 
I guess, bro, uh, I end by asking every guest, well, most of the time I do, um, if they could share like a mind-blowing moment. And I kind of, what well, I guess what I mean by that is, is there something that kind of like, def- well, defined you in a way that, you know, I metaphorically think about it like you, you woke up or it shed a skin or Andy went to bed one night and woke up a different Andy. He couldn't see the world the same way because of information or an experience. Yeah. Is there anything that pops into your head? A mind-blowing moment. Oh, man. <laughs> I Yeah, I think for me, like, it's it's been like a a gradual thing. You know, like I think, you know, I was. I feel like maybe it's similar to the, you know, how to boil a frog. You know, you put them in cold water and mm. you turn the temperature up and up and up and up till it's cooked. Yeah. And I think that's that's just been like my life. And you know, I get like you know on the podcast, you know, I yeah, you talk a lot to you know, man. I'm in my forties and I'm mm. trying to do this thing. <laughs> yeah. You know, I'm in my thirties and I like I feel super. Like what what blows my mind is that in two thousand and six, so my last year oh, yeah, two thousand six, my last year of high school, um, you know, last day of high school and there's these two likely um likely to be awards and I mentioned this a little bit mm. um before we, we recorded. Um and some people are getting, you know, most likely to be uh NZ representative triathlete and yeah. the guy did it. Um I think his name is Ryan Sissons. Um and someone else, you know, Miss New Zealand, blah, blah, blah. Mm. And all these ones, cool things, obviously based on people's personalities. Um, I get most likely to be a mute. Um, and for some reason, I still get up, you know, and, and receive the award. And that was, and I, I see that now, is that's how my peers perceive me as a quiet dude, which is like, you know, I get that. That's all good. Um, but my mind, I guess, is like, I, I look, it's hard to, I mean, there's, there's obviously not everything's gone perfect, um, but I'm like, I'm, I'm just, I honestly, I like, I live with gratitude now mm. um, that I've, yeah, I've been able to do what I've been able to do. Um, and that's in reference to like, to me and my passions and my like, you know, goals and mission mm. in life. Um, and yeah so i feel like super grateful and like you know gary v talks a lot about and a few people now about going into a rest home and you know people talking about regret yep um and yeah from like you know being 17 18 or till 20 living on roughly like 135 bucks a week and my board was 130 bucks you know like mm-hmm. like i made it through that yeah and like had the you know the time of my life you know, working with skaters in Gisborne to now, like 10 years later, pretty much in a similar position, not 135 bucks a week, but like, I've yeah, like I've jumped into, I guess this thing. And I think for me, like, I'm like, you know, like I've resolved the like most likely to be a mute thing. And it's a pseudo fuel now where it's like, well, could a mute do this? Mm-hmm. You know, like that in the back of my brain is like, could that guy that was perceived that way be doing this and it's not in reference to anyone else but it's me then versus me now yeah bro and and that's the pursuit going forward yeah i love it yeah i love it because you know it's a it's a it's a hopeful message right It, it suggests that not always maybe the award got given to other people 
and they it owned them, right? But we've got to find our way to pick the battle we want to fight. Yeah. Hey? And and most of the time it's ourselves. Yeah. I think because those other things are kind of qualifying some bits of our us yeah. or what we're sending out, like a frequency. But uh, it's 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 an amazing thing to be able to, you know, like I meet you today, and I meet the Andy today, right? That's a bloody weird concept. Yeah. That you might you might hint at a past, but I wasn't there. Yeah. So I see the guy who just nailed an hour and a half talking. Yeah. And I'm you know we've had other meetings where that wouldn't have been anything in my first thoughts. No. It would have been a, uh, my first reading of you was something, someone who kind of deeply considers ideas and how to optimize, yep. you know? And I think sometimes we have to... Thanks for that, though. No, no, yeah. well, you know, it's yeah. like you weren't it. Yeah. You know, that was, that was how you projected and how I've seen the follow-up being. And I just think sometimes it's cool for other people just to, you know, critique us in a good way. Because yeah. we love to critique, you know, and they're like, bro, you need to, and 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 and, and I think that's probably the job for your closest people who yeah. see the good and bad parts of you. Yeah, so, you know, my wife always calls me out. She's like, you're so nice to your podcast guests. Give me a little bit of that respect, <laughs> you know. And it freaks me out because I also have a different vocabulary when I go into the podcast character. Yeah, yeah. I use words like contemplate and you know, <laughs> uh, you know, fathom, and those are things. Anomaly. Where, yeah, and I need, I, I, and I need to be able to also listen to that critique. Yeah. So, but also listen to the other side, eh? With people that you meet as the version you are today. Yeah of who you are today otherwise you it's that acknowledging thing it just you only have half the bandwidth and I think it's yeah. unfair on ourselves it's not it's not fair because we're not just who we were you know that's the one thing that we can probably in, wrap everything up is we're not just who we were we're also who we could be but we're also who we are yeah and so you know it's all of these things and there's just no guarantee there's no guarantee that any of us get out of this thing unscathed but I think that's the point you know, we're supposed to wrestle with that and be okay yeah, with yeah, it. That yeah. some people like we, and I think we we definitely like. So even though, like you know, and the reason I said thank you is because mm. like that's yeah, like it's definitely awesome to hear. You know what I mean? Like your perception of like how I am in the world, mm. um, but also like you know, like I think about the work that Gareth's trying to do. Yeah. Um, like we like some people carrying that stuff with them as mm. though it's as though it's now. Yeah. Um and again, like for me, like I like to keep it close because it just that self imposed maybe like, you know, humble humble yeah. kick. Yeah. Like, you know, um to just go, Oh, like to just to kick yourself in the guts a bit so that it's always like like from like just like I just contextualize it yeah, bro. like more, you know, like um yeah, even though I've got to do some things that like go in the face of that, there's something about remembering it that keeps me like wanting to pursue, mm. you know, like I mentioned like communication is one of my things mm. and I see that as like a future skill set that, that will become, yeah, that makes me valuable, Yeah, you know, yeah. Um, whether or not my stuff works out. And so I pursue everything now through this lens of like, okay, like what's the communication piece that I need to grow, build, etc. Um but it's not in comparison to Robert, to mm. Joe Rogan, to mm. to thing, you know. It's it's finding my accidental experiments into that 
whatever that is. Yeah, bro. Boom, brother. Thank you for joining Man. me. Um, just a quick 30 seconds. Uh, just drop um, way people can follow you, yeah. how they can engage with you in the business side, right? Because cool. I, I, I love the fact that we can speak authentically, but part of that is also practicing that we don't just do things for free. Yeah. You know, so um, yeah, this opportunity just for you just to connect with the audience. and Cool. Um, on Instagram and Twitter, um, you can probably find me, you can find me at, at Andy Makes and then underscore. Um, so I got I got two jams. So one is um, I freelance as like a instructional designer. So let's say you're trying to create like a live experience or a workshop experience. Um, I love taking those ideas, putting them into frameworks, and then supporting people on how to support their crew or yeah. crowd into like getting their ideas across. Um, so working on a project at the moment where we're doing something around like circular economy stuff, and so in the thick of that. And then my other jam is because um, of my education background, I think, but also um, got a strong sort of sense of like how to do equity right and so run national tech library um where schools can like issue gear and resources um and yeah for cheap so the the tagline is access to tech without the hefty price tag um and so yeah and so for me like i think one of them's my side hustle and one of them's my main thing Mm. i don't know which one i want to be the main (laughs) thing yet um but I figured as well, like, I'm always someone with a side project. So, um, and then also, yeah, like, fascinated by this idea of, like, how to get started. Um, and I think if I was to be aspirational, I'm not sure what I think about being, like, I'm not, it's not a life coach. Maybe it's a getting started coach. Somewhere in the future, mm. I see that as something. Mm. Um, and just, yeah, because of all the tools and stuff and me trying to build things. Um, at the moment, um, I feel like that's a, a value space. Um, and then also, um, I think my last thing, actually, yeah, which I haven't acknowledged a lot and which is it's on the back burner, but, but Impact Sessions, um, a podcast about social innovators and the, the things that they go through, like similar to this one, but like diving into yeah. like, again, how they got started, what sustains that, and then how do they think about making impact and money pretty much is what the conversations have been about. Boom. Awesome, yeah. bro. My favorite bit is while you were pitching, a massive truck drove by. Yeah. And that's life. Because <laughs> yeah. it's a massive truck that does like chopping trees up. So, what does that mean? It means the tree. I don't know. No, it's too much. People are getting to work. <laughs> We've gone too deep. Thank you, brother. All good, man. Hot mom. Hot mom. Hot mom. Hot mom. Hot mom.